right? But you can walk into a movie theater in Amsterdam and buy a beer. And I don't mean just like a little paper cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy beer in McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? They get the metrics. Welcome to the Hookup on Film with Adam and Tony. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's... Entertainment. Welcome, everyone, to the Hookup on Film. I am Tony, and I am joined, as always, by... What's going on? It's Adam. How are you doing today, Tony? Doing good. Doing good. Ready to talk about some, some movies here. Got uh, some good ones lined up. And as you always, always state, we seem to watch a lot of movies when they drop on the streamers. And we got one here uh, that seemed to drop recently on Peacock this past Friday. Yeah, recently on Peacock is Elizabeth Banks' Cocaine Bear, starring a lot of people in this cast. Carrie Russell, Alden Ehrenreich, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ray Liotta, Brooklyn Prince, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Margot Martindale and Jesse Tyler Ferguson with a very brief cameo at the beginning for Matthew Reese. That was, I like that was my favorite part. Cocaine bear is about a bear who does cocaine and fuck shit up. What did you think of the movie, Tony? That was pretty good. Exciting, fun. As you stated, it was a good time. I think I like good times and Matthew rise at the beginning. I thought was greatly ridiculous. You know, I thought it was good. Fun. What'd you think? Yeah, I agree. It's a solid movie. It's um it literally tells you what it is in the title. It's a bear that does cocaine. And then the bear does lots of cocaine. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a solid film. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's good. But even like even a movie like Jaws, which is reveled for time, it says it right in the title too, you know, Jaws. It's right there. So lots of movies that are even prestigious. It says it right in the title. So like this movie was definitely not prestigious, but Ray Liotta, I think, was prestigious in what he was going for, which was ridiculous as a drug runner. And I think um, everyone who was playing their characters played them too ridiculous, um, up to a ridiculous T. I was really excited to see Elizabeth Banks direct us. I thought that was kind of for everything she's directed. I didn't. Not that she's been in comedies and stuff before. I just didn't think this would be something she would have been in her wheelhouse. But she did a good job, I think. I feel like this was definitely a revival for a bunch of people, including Elizabeth Banks, who was coming off of uh, a huge flop. And she directed the Charlie's Angels reboot with Kristen Stewart. And I remember she had some tweet when it came out and it did horribly. She's like, well, I'm glad I put my name four times on this movie. <laughs> Uh, very noticeable. Her name was left off of the advertising campaign of this one. But I think this movie was a legitimate hit. Um, and so kudos to Banks. She now probably gets to make another one. But you think really, I mean, I'll be really honest with you. I mean, I don't think her mo- name on it as a director here or there was going to sell the movie anymore, even if she had great success before this. Because as a no, director, but, people know her well, as an actor. I mean, you, me and you know her as a director, but I think. But her, her name was on the for, advertising campaign for Charlie's Angels. Most people know her from. Yeah, as well, of course, as an actor, but like her, Pitch her, Perfect. So, this is totally far away from right. a lot, a lot of well, her. Don't you think? Yeah, but I guarantee you, if Charlie's Angels made two hundred million dollars, so you they think, probably would have put her think, name on this. You think movie. the odd? I know, but you thinking that if that did that money, she'd even have done this movie. No, she wouldn't have. Know, that's a different thing. And the second, uh, you know, Charlie's Angels, I mean, you know, it is what it is. We're going to spend some time later talking about another awful sequel. And re- that's not really a sequel. It's more of a reboot. But still, you know, Cocaine Bear was fun. You know, I mean, it, like, as you said, if you're looking for a good time, that's what it is. I also feel like it was a little bit of revival for Alden Ehrenreich who felt like he was in actor jail after Solo. See, that movie's actually picking up some steam recently, even talking about possibly bringing the character back. And honestly, do you think it was bad? Uh, I think it was bad for a Star Wars movie, but I thought it was fine for a space western. 
See, I think pers- this is just me. I think we've talked about our rankings before with all of this, but um, I liked it better than one, two, and three. But that's that's just me. Well, I do too, but that's not a hard bar to climb. Well, hey, I honestly, if me and you went into a Star Wars convention and we started talking that, we might get beat up. So that's, that's what right. I that's why I, I say that because um, you know I but. Uh, there was a movie he actually did before that movie that Warren Beatty directed called Rules Don't Apply. Really pretty good a movie. Um, I had some Oscar nods, but you're right. He hasn't really been in much. He was in the Coen Brothers, uh, Hail Caesar. but uh, That came up before Solo. Yeah, but has he really, did that really make him a star? He was in direct, he was in actor, it seemed like he was an actor jail after Solo. And he was good in this movie for what it was. And for what the role required of him. Like, I think he can't act. Like, I don't think, like, a lot of... I don't know if Hayden Christensen can act. But, like, when did Solo the movie come out here? I'm looking up here. 2018? Here, What's the... Yeah, 2018. Um, You know, I mean... No, it's 2017. My fault. It was 2017. Um, No, is it 20... What the hell's going on here? I'm, IMDb, I'm on his IMDb page. What did he have? Read me the movies then since you're there. What did he have after? Uh, he did uh, nine episodes of a TV show called John the, or excuse me, called Brave New World. He did a 2023 movie called Fair Play, which I don't know what that is, and Cocaine Bear. So really hasn't done anything. Right. Yeah. Hey. You know, I also, I know back when he took uh, some of these earlier roles, he was in school. A lot of these people, I mean, what, what does it say specifically on his page he was in actor jail? Or you just say, that's what you're saying? I'm, I'm saying metaphorically. It seems like uh, he is, how old is he? He's young. I mean, what, 33, 34, your age? Younger? I can't find, him, find his date of birth readily available. Regardless, I'm sure he'll get more movies after this because I, I enjoyed his performance and he has a decently big performance in the movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that, you know, usually stuff like this can open up, you know, that. Oh, he is going to be in Oppenheimer like he's every 30, single. He's 33 years old. Um, He's been, so the reality is, is, well, you know, I mean, again, I, that also doesn't really. I mean, honestly, I, I I'm with you because I believe like guys like Mark Hamill and there's been some people who've been typecast, um, but like what got him out of actor jail then? Nothing. Cocaine bear. No. Come on, man. This role. Come on. You're telling me. You're telling me. Did you just say he's gonna be an Oppenheimer? Yeah, he's gonna be an Oppenheimer. So are you telling me? You're telling me, David, what's I, I got to be honest. I, I really don't give a shit about this stuff. You're right, Tony. I'm I'm wrong. I, I don't no, care about no. the career of all. Oh, Eric. gosh. Oh, here we go. You know, I was just saying, I, you know, I've been a follower of his career. What my point of all of this is. And I was just saying actor jail doesn't usually add up to good classic roles. That's all. Okay. That's it. But hey, you, hey, you say it. you do you. All right. Do you have anything else to say about Cocaine Bear? Nope. All right, next up, once a month, we are going to break down the career of a different director. For the month of April, we are breaking down the eight films of Adam McKay. First up, his directorial debut, 2004's Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. What do you think of Anchorman? I like Anchorman. It's a great movie. Lots of laughs, lots of fun. Um... What do you think? And the stories behind Anchorman. What did you say? <clears throat> I love the stories behind Anchorman, like how like the first draft of the script was like a whole bunch of Anchorman stuck on a on a mountain like the Grey, that Liam Neeson movie. Uh, at one point when they were filming, there was like this whole other movie about uh, a bank robbery. And it's like, Adam McKay's just, I'm just going to film a bunch of shit. It, it turned out to be a really good movie, really funny movie. Yeah, I you know I think it's classic. It's classic for what it is. Lots of laughs. 
Um, I mean, do you think where his career is heading, you can see it in this movie? Or is this something completely different? No, I think you can see it a little bit later. Like when we get to the other guys. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he came from SNL along with Will Ferrell. He was a writer on the show. Will Ferrell was obviously an actor. And at this time, Will Ferrell really wasn't in starring roles. Um, but then first came uh, Favreau's Elf, where it's like an elf made money. So I was like, okay, we can trust Will Ferrell in a starring role. Um, but I mean, him and McKay, as we'll see throughout their career, just like some A plus work. Okay. Um, and the beauty really? I think about Adam McKay is I think unlike Ben Stiller, and just the sense of sometimes it's hard for me to talk about some of his funnier movies because it's just like it's funny. I don't have a whole lot to say. Adam McKay for a lot of his films, I do think has something to say. Whereas Anchorman is very much about toxic masculinity and you know the whole subplot of having Christina Applegate coming into this world of quote unquote manly men and rocking their world, and then it turns out she's just so much better than them. The really interplay between everyone was really really good. You know, I mean. Lots of lots of good. I, I'd like to see, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of these guys probably knew each other pretty well before this movie, but it seemed like they had been, because they've been acting together for a long time, just by how well everyone was able to flow off of each other. <clears throat> I'm trying to see, obviously, Paul Rudd had um, Clueless, but between Clueless and Anchorman, was Paul Rudd in a lot of stuff? It feels like this was like a second breakout role for him. Well, I mean, nothing of like what I would say of 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 this kind of caliber. No, I mean, oh, he was he, in Friends. I mean, he was in a little of this and a little bit of that. Um, probably a lot of stuff that I could imagine that a lot of people haven't seen. I mean, here I'm. I got it right here. You know, what year did this come out? This was 2004. 2004. Wet Hot American Summer. That's awesome. Yeah, but um, no, but a lot, not a lot of people saw Wet Hot American Summer. What? When it first came out. Oh, when it first came out. Yeah, but like, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, but all I the guys from like out. the state and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. are you trying to say a movie that projected his his stardom? Is that what you're trying to go yeah, for? Yeah, like it really... Sent him on a, it, wasn't like, clue, it wasn't even clueless. It would only be this would probably be right. the correct answer. 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time. <laughs> Lots which of is technically people. true. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. Steve Carell obviously went on to do bigger and better things, but I think this was even before The Office, or definitely early Office. And sometimes, like I, when I rewatch this movie, I feel a little bit bad for David Koechner, who's mm-hmm. also very good in the movie. And it's like, oh, all these, <laughs> all your friends got a little bit more famous than you. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> it's 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 very good. It's very solid. Even when like I like the little clip when Ben Stiller and Tim Robbins and all of them show up, I think that's made me laugh very very hard. Um, the movie brings it for a comedy. I think they should have, we'll get to it later, just left it at the one, but what yeah. can you do? I love Fred Willard in this movie. Every line makes me laugh. Just he's on his phone with his son's principal. And it's like, the son was just, sorry, my son was doing something called mushrooms and running around in his underwear and lighting <laughs> things on fire or something like that. The movie's good. Movie's got lots and lots. I mean, in you know, it's got lots and lots of... If you're laughing, you'll miss lots of of, of the jokes. Is pretty much when this movie is also first time. unlike like a lot of McKay films, is just immensely quotable. Yeah, I'm going jogging, or maybe maybe jogging. I think it's a soft J. You know, but I mean, in a way, it, it's it's awesome. You know, Will Ferrell's great in it, but in another way, like has he? You know, you brought Paul Rudd, you know, he's going like this, but like how much higher did, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about it here in a minute. We'll go to some of these other movies. 
We well, Will Ferrell got probably more money to do other movies, but there's not a whole lot of movies he did that were probably as good as Anchorman. No, no, that's but, true. That's a valid. That's a point I would definitely no, I mean, agree with. There is another movie that's coming later starring Will Ferrell that I love even more, but we'll get to that. I also will say, like, when we talk about, I guess we can, I'll mention that when we talked about Anchorman too, but this character really blew up. Oh, it did. It really did. I mean, it was definitely part of, you know, I remember specifically in, co- I was in college wa- and watched this movie um, because it, and honestly, I had no interest to watch this. I was not a big Will Ferrell fan at all up until this point. Besides kicking and screaming, I do like that movie a lot. The soccer movie with Robert Duvall. I just, I didn't, I don't, I didn't like his shtick. And then I saw this movie and I thought he sold me on being pretty funny because this movie is pretty funny. But I also think it's kind of like the Bulls teams where he's getting help a lot on the court. You know, I mean, yes, he is the Jordan and he's carrying the movie, but he's not my favorite in the movie. Um, Who's your favorite in the movie? Oh, you, I, I'd rather go with Champ Bailey. I'd rather go with um, the only one I wouldn't take over him is Paul Rudd. You know, I think he's funnier than Paul Rudd in the movie. But I think Steve Carell and Champ Bailey are, are, are really are funny, but they're not as big of characters, of course. But it's because they're stupider and they're doing stupider things when the other two are doing stupid things. I don't know. The whole movie is pretty much a hilarious, stupid fest of, of hilarity is what I like to liken it to. Yeah, I mean, Will Ferrell does kind of play the straight man to the other three members of the Anchorman team who are more stupid than him, but he's also... It's like, okay, like, take Robin Williams. When he would be off a camera, you could tell that was... Sometimes that was Robin Williams. He'd still be on talk shows and it'd be... Will Ferrell sometimes... I don't know. He seems serious when he's not on camera, so sometimes when he's on camera, I don't buy his shtick so much. I don't know. Could be different. Maybe that's just me. Um, some of these movies, though, that we'll talk about in a little bit, I, I like a little bit more than this movie. So we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, if you're not a Will Ferrell fan, then you might not be a fan of Adam McKay's movies in general. Well, he made that's a lot not of movies because his last three movies are way better than any of these other movies. Even Don't Look Up being awful is a better movie than this movie. Oh, I disagree with that. See, that's because, and I was, I've been waiting for you to. Every time we do this, I, I get you to the area in which I want you to get. Because what's the difference between like this movie and Cocaine Bear? This movie's funny. Well, no, Cocaine Bear is funny. I rarely laughed at Cocaine Bear. Well, see, like people like who like those kind of movies, like see, like I like Snakes on a Plane. I love Snakes on a Plane. Laugh really hard. Went to the movie theater, packed theaters, laughed. When people saw Cocaine Bear in the movie theater, they laughed. They didn't sit there with a serious face. I, I, laughed my, I laughed my ass off when I found out that was Matthew Rise in the beginning, listening to Jane from Jefferson Starship when drugs are being thrown out of the plane. I mean, if you had a serious face watching that, then that's a different experience than I think a lot of people when they watch this. That's why sometimes our humor doesn't match up. Because I don't think like sometimes like we haven't talked about After Hours yet, but like I'm curious to see how much you laughed at that movie. Because like I fall out of my seat laughing super hard at that movie. And that movie to me is funnier than this movie, but that's different. That's a whole different conversation. I love Anchorman. I'm just saying his later movies are more directorial. They're more prestigious. Don't you think? Yeah, they're but they're doing different things. Yeah, but that's the conversation. Honestly, that's the argument we've had for weeks on here. And you're just now going my way now versus the other way. Because you like this movie, right? I, yeah. I mean, it's a comedy. At some point, if you don't if you don't find it funny, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, that no, I'm just saying it's not prestigious, though. Like it's I, not going to yeah, be ever. It's not, it, it's so not. those other movies, the other three movies that I talked about, are prestigious. I agree. So, like last week, what was the movie that we were talking about? Oh, it was the one that you saw. Oh, it was Frailty. And you said specifically, Frailty wasn't really like kind of a prestigious type of movie. It was okay. Right. I mean, I'm just trying to say is that like Adam McKay's career gets better. Right? Okay. 2006, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Again, we have Will Ferrell 
teaming up with Adam McKay. You can't have a normal conversation about what do you want from me, man? We just disagree about it. I don't do this with anyone else. You know, I'm I gotta I'm be honest, honest, man. I'm getting the real only fucking sick and tired of this shit. Like, I just, I disagree. People. I don't really want to sit here and have a fight with you about it. Fighting? I don't. You know, I, like, I just said I disagree. I let you talk about it. Can't, then, then maybe after this, we can't. I mean, this is can't work together. I mean, this is ridiculous. But we'll go on. This is the first team up of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley with Adam McKay and uh, with Sasha Barrett Cohen as the French evil bad French race car driver. Um, this is Adam McKay's attempt to kind of uh, his first satire at uh, Americans during the George Bush era, um, especially in the beginning with the, the France stuff. This was during the era where Americans were upset at calling it French fries, having called it freedom fries. And really is the journey of, of Ricky Bobby just kind of calming down and becoming a normal dude in the eyes of Adam McKay. What do you think of Talladega Nights? Yeah, good humor. You know, I mean, again, a follow-up from Anchorman. Really humorous. Lots of laughs. Great cast. You know, um, I don't know if I find it funnier than Anchorman, but I do enjoy it. I think it's good. Yeah, I had a lot of friends and people I knew in high school who just absolutely loved this movie, and I enjoy it. I think it's fine. It's I just didn't find it as funny as some of the other McKay movies. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's I, not out of uh, you know, it's it's probably it's would be in my lower tier of Adam McKay's movies. Um, I did I I don't want to crap on it, but it it's the the humor gets it's a one timer for me. It's a lot of people watch it a lot and quote it a lot, but Anchorman, I can do that with. I can't really do that as much with this movie. John yeah, I really, cool, I love the opening dinner scene. I think that's the highlight of the movie for me. And then it doesn't, I don't find myself laughing a whole lot through the rest. I do like the part where John C. Riley is uh, talking to Will Ferrell, who he thinks is in a coma, about him being in Playgirl. <laughs> that part was good. Um, and I get again, I get what Adam McKay was going for, but I just don't think some of the jokes land. And I think especially once it gets into the third act and Will Farrell's hanging out with Jane Lynch and um Gary Cole, who are both like great comedic actors in their own right. It's just that part of the plot in the story just falls apart for me. That yeah, it's, it's kind of lower tier McKay for me as well. You know, it just kind of gets a little bit to be too much, I think is what it is. Just a little, the humor becomes too much as it goes along. It's kind of like, I like the first hour more than the second hour, but you know, it's, I mean, you know, everyone's got, you know, I know there are people who do enjoy it. I'm just not one of the ones who think it's like top, top level of his. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. All right. Next up is 2008's Step Brothers where McKay again teams up with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. And unlike other Adam McKay movies where you can maybe make an argument or McKay was purposely trying to do something deeper, make a point, I think Step Brothers is just outright silly. It's just, hey, I want to hang out with my friends. I think John C. Riley is doing a better Will Ferrell impression than Will Ferrell in this movie. Yeah. And I think this movie is absolutely fucking hysterical. This is my favorite. This might be my favorite comedy of all time. It's good. It's quite, quite funny. Lots of laughs. Lots of funny. Lots of humor. Um, you know, really, 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 really good. Um, you know, that's what's tough. I mean, you just literally, when you throw out funniest of all time, you just... Like, like just, just, just pure, just like, like a like a puppet go, yeah, yeah, it is. Like I'm just not like that. Like to me, it's great, it's amazing. But when you're talking about of all time, I mean, this that's is, your opinion this, though. But I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I, I get saw it. this movie in 2008. I was one of the few people to actually see this movie in the theater. I saw it with like three of my friends, 
and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and could not stop laughing in the movie theater. And every time I turn this movie on, I'm cracking myself up. You talk about like, hey, can you come over and have a drink? Like, when my friends were over and we were drinking, like we would pop this movie on and just watch it because it's, I think it's it's so hysterical. I just jokes per minute. I love to quote it. Why are you sweating? I was watching cops. Like my friends and I would have arguments about that. Like, why is that an acceptable excuse? Like John C. Riley just accepts it. Oh, he was watching cops, so he must be sweaty. I'm with you. I think it's amazingly hilarious. I just have always gone to more of like darker, darker jokes. Like this is pretty much like, it's good. It's great. Like you said, but like I go always, I've gone more to like, to me back to school would blow this out of the water, but that's from my perspective. Cause Rodney Dangerfield's more hardcore than Will Ferrell. And I like my jokes. Like as when I was your age with my friends sitting around, um, I mean, this humor kind of became a little bit more popular when I was like, cause I had Adam Sandler. Right. So you got to admit, if you've watched Happy Gilmore and you've watched Billy Madison, like to me, those movies are funnier than this movie. But you're going to disagree because you like this movie more, which yeah. I, I mean, totally I, respect. I, don't have I totally respect I, because I love this movie. Like to me, I think this is a great movie. Um, it's good for him. I'm really glad that, uh, you know, I think in his comedy, though, will you admit that this is his peak? worth his what he's doing with his comedy because i know you like or adam mckay no adam mckay or will ferrell either one i guess you could pick again my personal favorite so everything is not as funny as this but yeah uh adam mckay's next to um outright comedy comedies aren't as good as or as funny as stepbrothers this movie, next movie here is um, well. These next two movies, I could just tell you right off the bat, I don't, I don't really care for. You don't like? Uh, okay, 2010's the other guy. Again, another Adam McKay, Will Ferrell joint. This time, Mark Wahlberg joins the mix. A um, lot of great supporting roles in this, including Steve Coogan as kind of the de facto bad guy. You got Michael McKean, or excuse me, Michael Keaton as their uh, boss, who just quotes. TLC. Um, really great cameo in the beginning from Sam Jackson and uh, The Rock. Where I think this is McKay. It's one, him trying to like make fun of cop movies. Um, the movie, the movie, let's start with the movie really wasn't a success at the box office. It didn't even double its money. I mean, on a $100 million budget. And for a guy who just comes off of some pretty big comedies it's i mean i know people like this movie and find it funny but to me i think this is where will ferrell is getting a little bit at the box office because his will ferrell's never been a guy to bring in those big 500 to 100 to a billion dollar ticket sales let's be honest well this movie probably shouldn't have cost a hundred million no but that's probably a problem too which i think as all filmmakers get is they get successful they're given more money and i don't you know the budget to this was definitely way sky high like i i enjoyed it but like yeah if you if you want to double your money maybe don't like you probably could have made this movie for literally half that budget yeah it's definitely true that is definitely true but that's the that's i mean it's it's got its moments and I know you, you, I think you've talked about how you like this movie. So I'm not going to. Yeah, like... I, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. Um, it does, again, like a lot of comedies, I find it falls apart later. Um, Will Ferrell, like, pretending to be a, a hardcore gangster at the end, is like, eh, okay. I feel like this movie needed to lop off like 20 minutes. If you actually want to know what my favorite Will Ferrell movie is, it's actually one where he does play a hardened gangster and it's called Get Hard. The one That's, where you... uh, actually, it's a good kind of segue because that was produced by McKay. I like I, kind of... honestly, I laugh, I laugh so hard at that movie. I don't know why, but uh, so that's kind of where I kind of like, I don't know how I feel about Will Ferrell because that's a little bit later. So, like, 
like there's a part where he's making out with what's her name and his butt cheeks go against like the 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 mirror and like the guy's like cleaning out front like it's a little more hardcore i guess than some of his other movies which makes it funny uh, funnier for me but listen i like Mark Wahlberg. as you mentioned michael keaton um his part in this i will say was 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 awesome because i think it, he was at a lower point too and this kind of brought him a little bit back to people recognize him right yeah definitely this was before birdman definitely um but you're talking about with get hard it kind of feels like both these movies are a little bit precursor to the um the big short i was about to say get shorty but that wasn't right obviously Uh, in the sense of adam mckay is very much a lefty um as you can tell outright from the text of his movies even if you don't follow his twitter account and this movie ends with a whole bunch of like graphs, like during the ending credits about like a really anti-capitalist sentiment and between the other guys and get hard. It's like, you kind of get the sense of like where Adam McKay really wants to go once he's like done making these comedies. Cause he really stops making outright comedy soon after this. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the most for, I mean, yeah. But you also talk about Mark Wahlberg. I do like that this movie is a little bit of a riff on the Mark Wahlberg persona that he had at the time, where he uh, like he still plays it straight in the sense of like his other movies. Like, yeah, I'm the fucking best cop in the world. But there's also a scene where he does ballet and admits that he does ballet to make fun of the other kids who did ballet. Yeah. Like, wait, you learned ballet perfectly just to make fun of other kids? <laughs> Wahlberg, I mean, uh, he's always, I'm always, I've always watched something with Wahlberg in it. He's somebody that, even on some of his worser movies, he can make them better. And, um, you know, I think he does a good job in this movie. You know, I think this movie's a lot better than the next movie. The next movie, I don't even know why they made the next movie. Well, they made it because of money. Well, that, and that's where the problem, I think, becomes where I think Adam McKay starts to change his vision. I could be wrong, too, about that. I'm just speaking from... You know, um, you know, I mean, if you talked about earlier, if we talked about, you know, hells for actors, you know, I was, you know, Anchorman 2. I don't know. What's your opinion on this? 2013's Anchorman 2, obviously, is sequel to the original Anchorman. Talk about money. Let's see. It cost an estimated 50 million and grossed 173 million worldwide. So more than tripled its production budget. Which is odd um, that this one had less, I mean, I know, I mean, but less, like almost half of the amount of the other guys, you know, but. Yeah, it, again, this, if you're the studio and mad the other guys didn't make money, maybe you shouldn't have given it $100 million. Yeah, that's true too. But um, I remember before we get into the actual movie that um, Ron Burgundy was like uh, the spokesperson for like everything it felt like at the time, like to mm-hmm. promote the movie. Mm-hmm. And I could be misremembering this, but I could, I swear there's like articles where like every company or like most companies that he was the spokesman for saw a huge spike in sales Mm. because of this. Like he was doing Ford trucks and like Ford saw a big spike in sales. It's like, damn, people love this character, I guess. (laughs) But in terms of the actual movie, it's very obviously not as good. Very obviously not as funny. Very obviously a movie made solely to as a cash grab well it's you know i don't know i don't know maybe if i spent a lot of time thinking about it they, i could have come up with something in my head that sounded better than what they did it just sounded like a retread to come up with the people to come back to do a lot of the same jokes i don't really oh, remember a lot of the jokes they don't stick as well in this one as the first one they definitely have another scene where they like have that giant fight with a whole bunch of cameos. I think mm-hmm. Will Smith shows up in that scene. I think Kanye West shows up in that scene, if I remember correctly. There's yeah, also I mean, a moment where like Will Ferrell goes blind, and oh, yeah, it, there's a lot going on in in, um, in the movie. But uh, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I mean, as you stated cash grab and i also think you know at this point will ferrell wanted this too probably for his career 
There was also where, again, the, the first Anchorman was really Adam McKay making fun of toxic masculinity. And in Anchorman 2, he's trying to make a point about how bad 24-hour news networks are for our culture. Because there's a scene in this movie. Oh, I think it's... Um, oh, I can't remember the actor. He's in Hop, and he's always... James Marsden. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's classic. Uh, so like Will Ferrell and James Marsden, like towards the beginning, like rival anchors, and they're like whoever has the most ratings for their episode wins a bet. I can't even remember the specifics. And but in order to win the bet, Will Ferrell like just talks about a car chase scene that this happening, which was completely out of the norm for the time and sensationalized the mundane event, and ended up like propelling him to win the bet and win the huge national anchor. And for that, like, again, Farrell, excuse me, McKay's trying to make a point, like, how that instance and how news cycles who do that are a bad thing and how it leads to an erosion of society versus these before these res- news anchors were more respected. Um, but he didn't really have much to say beyond that, that, like, this is bad. And that's also oh. part of the reason why it falls flat. You ever see Network? I'd rather watch that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Network does that so well. I know, you know. But this, you know, I mean, I guess what it is is, like I said it last week, I really, a lot of people thought it was as good or even thought it was good, but I really enjoy it. I've watched it a lot now, Dumb and Dumber 2. You know, for people who love the first Anchorman a lot, maybe this is just something good for some people who like it a lot, lot to get their characters back and to enjoy them. You know, I don't know. It's just so hard that unless unless you're Caddyshack too, it's basically like if you had good jokes, you would have just used it in the first one. Well, I mean, I'll be really frankly honest with you, Caddyshack two sucks. Um, it's just he says that as a joke to get under people's skin, but in in history, honestly, it's like Airplane two, Caddyshack two, Zoolander two, Anchorman two, Dumb and Dumber two. You just go down the twos of comedies. That well, you like Dumb and Dumber too. That's a oh, I know, I do, you. but like I'm talking. See, that's I think. And, and folks, this is where I think a little bit sometimes me and my, my co-host, we get a little heated. I try to do a an over a zeitgeist where you're just right. pumping you. You're just doing you, you know. So, like, even I could put my own movie down to say, hey, I could say that these people don't like my movie. You don't do that. You're not willing to say, oh, this movie I like, those people don't like it. Because you like it, you know. So, like, I get it. But that's where I think sometimes that's where, like, you know, you there's movies. Is there a movie that you love that people hate? That I absolutely love. See that um, right pro- there. I mean, that, probably that right there tells me a lot about you that you even have to think about it because you watch so many movies that there's got to be movies that you like that nobody likes, but you're not really got them on top of your head to say them. Think about that. That's why we argue. That's 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 from my perspective. But. There are movies that I love that people I feel like like a lot. They just don't like as much. Like you're the you're the guy who takes a bite of the sandwich and goes, "This is really good." And then a guy over there goes, "I like my chicken sandwich." And you go, "Yeah, but mine's really good." And we're like, "I I don't know, man. I don't think I do that." (laughs) Well, I do it sometimes too, so (laughs) I can recognize when it happens. See, I'm the opposite way. Where like I when I'll say movies are bad, like that I know a lot of people love, like with No Country for Old Men. I know everybody loves that movie, and I know people like it more than... Um, but it almost like, doesn't make any sense because you like these other movies. It's like music. Like, oh, I like this guy who plays acoustic guitar, this guy who likes acoustic guitar, and this guy who plays acoustic guitar, but this fourth guy who plays acoustic guitar, I just don't like him. But that doesn't really make sense if they all kind of sound alike. <laughs> So, like, No Country Old for Men is, like, a lot of movies you do like, but you don't like that movie. But I believe you don't like it is because you're also very stereotypical against the Coen brothers. So, are you ever... I don't like the Coen brothers. See, which is fair. I understand. You, and that's where we, I agree with you. You are always willing and free to always state your opinion on the hookup on film. And that's why... I enjoy doing this, and our opinion on this movie is that... Yeah, but see, then I do that, and then you knock me. Like, how many times do you knock the social network? You knock me. You knock me all the time. I don't knock... I actually don't knock you a lot. I've, like, made a conscious effort. Actually, I've had people write to me saying that they're scared to come on here because you're going to yell at them. 
Do you have people tell you that about me? No. I have people actually write me who listen to the show and go, I'm afraid Adam's going to yell at me if I come on. And I go, he's not going to yell at you. He's a nice man. I am not going to yell at you. And literally the last time I yelled at a guest, I immediately apologized. But I understand we get passionate. That's why I love doing the show. And that's why we'll be back. We're always back. If you think I'm going to yell at you, send me a DM. I I will not yell at you. I'm just saying... I I'm trying to like come across this as like I'm David Letterman. You're coming across this as you're the encyclopedia of film, which I understand. I but am we definitely entertain not the our guests. We got to entertain them. Even our arguing entertains our guests. They keep coming back. <laughs> All right. So after Anchorman two, now we get into the more prestigious stuff. He wins his Adam McKay wins. His first Oscar, uh, unsurprisingly, a film that doesn't star Will Ferrell. That's The Big Short. Based on the book by Michael Lewis, starring Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and Brad Pitt. It also has a smaller role for Jeremy Strong, who would uh, end up becoming the star of Succession. What do you think about The Big Short? Oh, I love The Big Short. And I love it a lot because it's a lot of moving pieces. And I love movies with lots of moving pieces that can make it work. Now, back to those other movies. Those are all great movies um, that we, a lot of them are great that we talked about. You know, it's almost sometimes I wish, it's kind of like with your, you know, you got the Nirvana CDs and you got your Foo Fighters CDs. And you alphabet and you alphabeticalize everything. But you can't put the F's and the N's next to each other because the N's and the F's aren't by each other. That's kind of how those first movies are in these movies to me. I like them a lot. Um, it's almost like a new career almost started for him right here. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Where you know, I, mean, I don't want to erase his other stuff because we just agreed that it's a lot of it is really, really, really good. It's just like this is almost like a brand new filmmaker, which I wish almost he was like more of like maybe did Anchorman, did this. Did so that. I think it, it is and it isn't. Like I, I get I get what you're trying to say, but I think McKay's pure comedy background really helps with this movie a lot. And like the fact that he didn't start off as like this prestige director, I think helps it a lot because this film is immensely stylish. It has really fun interludes. And I also think is very funny in its own. This is very stylish. That's good. Like the the interstitials that he has with um, Margot Robbie and Selena Gomez in particular. Now I'm talking about before this movie. What movies did he have that showcased that he was going to be able to 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 have multiple stories going with the style and these good actors? No, no, no. That's not. But that's not what I'm saying. You're right. He doesn't. I'm saying. No, but I agree with his comedy insight because if you yeah. look right on the poster, it says. I mean, it's funny. I mean, you will admit it. There's some good humor in the movie. Um, like so he, he very obviously levels up as a filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because it's almost like I love everything that he's done up until this. It's it's, and it's almost like I still want him to do some of that other stuff too because I think what he's been doing, and maybe we'll talk about here in a minute with the last one that he's come out with, but uh, trying to mix maybe a little bit too much. I don't know. <clears throat> Would you Bale put this greatness? I, I love Steve Carell so much in this movie. Oh, great in this too. The, there's a scene towards the end where he's like um, in a conference. He's uh, attending it. He yells at the presenter and then takes a phone call and walks out. Oh, yeah. I th- uh, he's good in this movie. I mean, I think, you know, I think it's a movie, that, another movie that you said you, you didn't like that he's in uh, as Foxcatcher. But uh, um, Carell... I mean, he's another one that I think going all the way back to that's where I think, here we go. Here's a little bit of a connection to the coolness of all this is I think him and Anchorman, if you don't get him in Anchorman and him working with McKay and Anchorman, you don't get him in this movie being who he is. I just don't think he comes. I think it's their connection from those earlier movies is why he's able to do like, do you think McKay would have high? By coincidence, had Carell in the spot if he weren't in those other movies before. No, and I think for like obviously, I mean, I should say obviously, but like when I think of 
Adam McKay, I think of Will Ferrell as an actor, but um, you know, Carell's been in for McKay movies as well. Um, clearly Adam McKay, like cast Steve Carell in a pretty big movie role, like when not a lot of other studios were doing that. Uh first yeah. in Inkerman. Well, like and, Will Ferrell, we've talked about it before. Will Ferrell's tried his hand at dra- drama movie. Didn't he? He's got a couple good ones. Everything must go is solid. Yeah, or do you like uh, Stranger Than Fiction? Yeah, Stranger Than Fiction's good. You know, I mean, you know, he's, he he can do it too, you know, Carell. And I mean, I think that's what's cool about Adam McKay is that, again, Carell, because he is that good comedy actor, could pull off in this movie where this is a true story. You know what I mean? This A lot of the stuff we're laughing about isn't really, you know, I mean, short and, you know, money and stuff like that. It's He does it good, pulls it all together yeah. well. And I mean, I haven't read the book, but I've read Moneyball, so I feel pretty confident that Michael Lewis saying that Michael Lewis wrote a really damn good book. Mm-hmm. And both Lewis and um, McKay, the ability to take a complicated, pretty dry topic and to make it as fun and entertaining as the big short is, seems like such a huge bar to to, to overcome, such a huge hurdle. And he, he does it so successfully. Like, that's why, you know... It sometimes it feels like in the Oscars, and maybe you disagree, but like where there's like a cool kid at the table, and maybe he doesn't get a big picture, uh, best picture win or best director win, but you're willing to give him a best original screenplay win. And that's kind of felt like the Oscars did here because the big short it got a bunch of Oscar nominations at the time and it didn't win a whole bunch, but they gave McKay an Oscar win for this because I mean, it's a really good script and it's a really good movie. I mean, I, did you see this one at the theater? I believe so. You know, I remember seeing it, you know, at the theater, and then obviously it, it, you know, it grabbed me. I mean, Bale playing the drums, fucking Metallica, fucking, I, you know, it was just really, really, really good movie. I like this one a lot. There was a lot of f words there. I don't know why I said so many fuckings right there in the back. Fucking playing drums, fucking. Is this your is this your favorite Adam McKay movie? we'll get to that in a minute you know we'll 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 talk about that because honestly you know it all depends on the mood you know which is where i'm gonna lead you're gonna be like a little bit more in the ranking of 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 guiding this because a lot of these movies i just like and i don't know if you know i just like a lot of them but uh ready for the next one yeah this is uh another movie i saw in the theater it is 2018's vice um with an, I think, really good and absolutely unrecognizable performance from Christian Bale as uh, Dick Cheney. But yeah, he, he brings back um, Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld. Your boy Sam Rockwell plays W. Amy Adams Amazing as Lynn Cheney. Right oh, yeah. What's up? Amazing role for uh, everyone in this movie, but go on. Steve Carell, too, yeah. <clears throat> and this is another one where, similar to The Big Short, where very obviously, again... Adam McKay is a lefty and, and has contempt for Cheney and the whole Bush era um, and their presidency. Um, but taking a dry, bit of a dry subject and adding a fun spin to it. This movie, again, feels like it has an ad, that Adam McKay style to it. It has a, a little bit of a lightness to it. Um, like If this was a straight biopic, I think this movie might suck. But because this is an Adam ever, McKay movie, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. You ever see W? Oh yeah, I mean that again. You know my theory of I know I don't like um, I don't think Josh Brolin stars in good movies. Well, that one isn't really he's not really good. Um, this movie is um, I I think it's honestly I think it's a great one two punch with um the Big Short, as yes. you stated, Christian. You know what, honestly. I think this movie would be seen by a lot more people if it just wasn't about the vice president, Dick Cheney. I mean, like, it's amazing. I find it amazing. But, like, if you're going to, like, a group of people and being like, let's watch the movie about Dick Cheney called Vice, they're going to say no. But if you get them to sit down and really watch this movie, I think they're going to have fun and have a good time. Because, as you said, it's shot in a completely fun, a a way that I find the, the material to be fresh, personally. You know, I find it to be, and all the actors, we love these actors. You yeah. Know. 
Um, did Amy Adams get nominated? I don't know. I feel like my head, but she should have. Um, even the people who were playing, um, I don't have it pulled up, but like some of the people who were playing her daughter, his daughters in the movies, like Lily Rabe, I believe, played one of his daughters. Yeah, Um, Amy Adams, Rockwell, and Bale all got nominated for their performance. You know, I, I think it's another case of just, you know, he's. He's doing a good job directing behind the behind the camera in this one, I think. I totally forgot Plemons is in this movie because he's technically the narrator. That's right. That's, but he, he has a brief cameo. He's isn't he get like run over? Yeah, he, he, he's on a bike and he gets run over. You know what's funny is I totally forgot about that until you I did I did too until I'm reading this cast list. Um oh. you know, but you we like to talk about him a lot on the show, and you brought we bring him up almost weekly. Shea Wingham's in this, you know. We I love Wingham. Love Wingham. I absolutely do not remember who he is in this movie. Neither do I. I just saw about the cast list and I laughed. And Bill Camp is in this movie as Gerald Ford, which again had no recollection he's in this movie. And what I, I like about Camp. this movie is the way it kind of shows a little bit. It shows a lot of different aspects of Cheney, um, too. But I, I mean, the movie speaks to that, you know, after maybe coming who came after him, he maybe wasn't as bad. You know, I don't know. But um, one thing that McKay has talked about is like he purposely put a lot of the Republican viewpoints and what the Republicans believed at the time and maybe still believe in this movie. And I think that's like such a smart way now. Obviously, if you feel that way and you're watching a movie that lampoons your political beliefs, you're probably not going to have as much fun. But for someone like me, who was never a fan of Bush to begin with, really enjoyed it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they do believe that. That's interesting. And it is kind of, you know, when this was, yeah, 2018. So Trump had become president by then, where. I do think it was a little bit prescient in the sense of like, here's a little bit how we've gotten to the Republican Party to where it is today. Here's where they were 10 years ago that helped lead to where it is now, which I just yeah. found interesting. Oh, yeah. So it is was a little bit of a snapshot at the time, too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think you're not wrong. You know, I think honestly, I think the movie was a really good, as you said, snapshot. You know, I think... Uh, you know, I just think he's showing some really good talent behind the camera with the way this movie also is. Because you stated, if this movie shot like just a biography, that's not as good. I mean, I think there's like a point halfway through the movie where like they do a fake roll credits. Yeah. And then go on. I, th- I think that's like right before he becomes vice president. Um, Just, it's like little stuff like that where like it's where I think McKay's comedy background and now having at this point six films under his belt when he's making this just really comes into play. It's a really sharp movie, and to me, not a surprise why I got a bunch of Oscar nominations. No, not at all. All right, and then his last movie that came out, which sounds like we are going to disagree on, is 2021. Oh, no, I hate this movie, so if you're saying I like it. Oh, you hate Okay, I hate this movie. No, we've already talked. Let's be frank. We've already talked about this movie a hundred times on this show. This is like, and and what I'm trying to say by saying it's good is that, like, it's still shot differently than those other movies. It's just not good. Like, it's, it's like, oh, it's like a bad Spielberg movie is what it reminds me of. Like, if if you find a bad Spielberg movie. I don't know. Um, I will say, like, to its credit, I do think this is a really funny Jonah Hill and Meryl Streep performance, to give it, like, a little bit of credit. And I do like Mark Rylance in it as well. Um, but, yeah, overall, this... I like everyone but Jennifer Lawrence. I'll take everyone else yeah. in the movie. But I just don't like some of what they're doing or what they're saying. But come on, man. Leo could sit on the screen and just eat a, eat a burrito in front of the thing. And I'd be like, yes. Because yeah. I'm even regretting something that I said a couple weeks ago online when I was like, Killers of the Flower Moon, four hours. I'll watch Leo for six hours to, you know. No, but start. you did bring up a good point. If it's a four, it is. It officially reached. It's like three hours and 54 minutes or some shit. Did you hear, though? No, today they actually came out with the official time. It's like 327, 330. So. Look it up. You'll have to look it up. It's not quite because they did say it 
And then I was like, yes. And then I saw it today and I was like, no, it's not quite as long. But still, I mean, this movie, honest, I good. think, this movie, I think, was just trying too hard. Um, he was trying for the moon. And I don't even think he got into space personally. That's just from my perspective. It's so this movie partially was filmed and rewritten at the beginning of the pandemic. And especially at the beginning of the times where there was a big division of like wearing masks mm-hmm. and things shutting down. So that the vision of the right and left as portrayed in this movie was happening at the time he was making the movie. So when it came out, couple months later, no, a year later, because this came out in 2021 and the pandemic was 2020. It like it didn't feel like it was satire. It just felt like real life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like hard to do good satire in general. Like I feel like you have to be larger than life. Like when we talked about Ben Stiller, part of the reason Tropic Thunder works is because um Robert Downey Jr. is in blackface. Like he went really big and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's funny. But it's hard to go big and ridiculous when the world is big and ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, I just don't think anyone really, uh, and no movie about us, an asteroid coming to hit the Earth has really ever been something that people are really excited to go see. It's, But uh, if, this, if the statement I felt like was better, it, I feel like it would have been more successful. But that's also part of the reason, too, is that climate change isn't like an asteroid because the whole world can take steps to... Stop it. It's not just the American government. We're just kind of... What are those bad movies? Oh, The Day After Tomorrow? I, I thought that was better than this. I don't know. Is that, that the Keanu Reeves? No, that's the one with the... Uh, it's the stupid one where it snows. Oh, is that Hall and... Um, yes, yes. Dennis Quaid. Right? Yes, yes. I'll take that over this. And that's really, really unbelievable. And I'll be like, well, at least this is exciting and this is fun. This That's movie, a Roland Emmerich, right? Yes, yes. This movie yes, was so. was was none of, of those, but hey. To know, me, this I, was legitimately surprising that it got a lot of Oscar nominations. Well, it did because I think his last sometimes that's what shocks me about Back to Babylon. If this got it, Babylon definitely should have got it. I also think it didn't help that not a whole lot of movies were released in 2021. That could be fair too. But Still, to me, we can go right into our rankings. To me personally, yeah. don't look up his last. Sounds good to me. Um, Anchorman 2, up yeah, next. then Anchorman 2. Um, and then Talladega Nights, yes, or okay, yeah, I don't, I don't think Talladega Nights is super successful for me. And then you're gonna go to then the other guys, yep. And then this is the way I, I'm going to guess how I think you're going to say it. Let's see okay. if I'm right. Okay, so we got four more left, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to guess you're going to go Vice. Then you're going to go Anchorman. Then you're going to go The Big Short. And then you're going to go Step Brothers. Honestly, I'm fine with that. I don't even know if that's how I was going to go. It sounds good. You know, is what it does. Because what it does is it really those four, because, you know, those bottom four, they're, you know, the top two of the bottom four are are, are, are good. The bottom two, honestly, those two, you could just cut the tail off and let it fall away. But I like the other guys a little more than you, but um, I also don't think it's as successful as his other, like, pure comedies. And then obviously not as good filmmaking as, Vice and Big Short. I will say, as I'm like fine with those rankings, and I'm not going to object. I will say that, like, if I have to pick one movie to watch right now, I'm probably picking Anchorman over The Big Short. But mm. they're doing different things. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I that's what made me laugh at the beginning. That's why. That's why it didn't need to get heated because I was laughing because I'm thinking of most times I'm the one who would be like, now. Nah, I'm taking Anchorman. No, tonight, you know what? I'm the one. I'd be like, you know what? I'm watching the big short. I'm going to watch the more serious one out of all of these, which the reality is, is either way. And then you, we could watch Step Brothers and Vice. You can watch all four of those movies. And I think, honestly, yeah. back to back to back, you won't be disappointed. 
All right. So we, I think, we, number one, we said Step Brothers. Yes. Number two, The Big Short. Yep. Number three, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Yep. Number four, Vice. Number five, The Other Guys. Number six, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Number seven, Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. And number eight, Don't Look Up. Hoping it gets better for our for Adam McKay after Don't Look Up. That's what we're hoping for. So he has apparently this Elizabeth Holmes Theranos movie that supposedly Jennifer Lawrence was going to star in. Like, do you remember when that HBO documentary came out a couple years ago? Yes. About it? Like, suppose, like, there's rumors that this movie was going to happen, but on on IMDb, it's still in development. So I don't know if it's going to happen. And apparently he has this movie that he's trying to shop around called, it looks like it's called Average Height, Average Build, starring Amy Adams, Robert Downey Jr., and Robert Pattinson. A serial murderer hires a lobbyist to change the law so he can commit murder more readily. The murder attempts to stop a retired police officer from following his trail because he won't give up on the killings. That actually kind of sounds awesome. It does. Um, Bob Jr. looks pretty good in that new HBO show coming out. He's playing like three roles. Did you see that trailer? The Sympathizer? Oh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it looks really different. I'm curious. To, it looks looks very, very good. God, when was the last time Robert Downey Jr. acted? He's another one, man. Like He's one who needs something to be pretty because he's just right, right, resting on the laurels of Iron Man. And, well, and apparently he, he's producing uh, Perry Mason because I see him, his name and his wife's name in the credits. Did you watch the newest episode yet? Yeah, uh, Yes. Was it good? Uh, yes. It looked like Shay got to do more. Did he get to do yes. more? Yes. You know what's funny is I watched the trailer on... Um, when I watched it this past weekend, and I saw him in the, the new one. And like, he's doing more. I got to tell Adam. And my boy Paul Rusk gets a couple scenes. Okay. And Hope right. Davis gets to cook a little. I'm, that's what I'm going to watch when we're done here. But I'm I'm glad because I saw the trailer and I was like, maybe he'll finally get to cook here. But honestly, that's why I laughed so hard at Cocaine Bear was because of our conversations with Matthew Rice. I literally was going to text you, but I, I didn't know if you'd find it as humorous as me because just him in the beginning, like that's that's all he's in the movie. That's all he's in the movie. And I don't know. I thought he was going to be in it more, but. Uh, and then he dies. And then they find his body and at the bottom. But his wife is his, 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 his woman's in it, Carrie Russell. So that's probably why he was able to. Oh, are they married? Are they married IRL? They, I don't know if they're married, married, but I know they've been together. They're together? For, for quite a few years yes some onset romance on the americans oh yes yes you ever watch the americans uh yeah that's a i know that's a great show that like i feel like i'm in the wrong i step into the scene but like that's me too i know sometimes where i'm stepping i know even saying that you've never talked about it okay to my credit i gave it a full season hey hey and i just didn't see what people saw in it some things you just i i understand i definitely understand Definitely get it. But uh, any other final thoughts before we head on out here? Anything else you've watched? No, that's it. Um, I didn't. So Barry came back. And I, uh, that too. I still got to watch that. So like, I feel like I like, because I didn't see the first two seasons, the third season wasn't like as good for me. So mm-hmm. like, I'm purposely trying to go back and I, the show just pops up on me. I was like, <laughs> Barry's back. What the hell? Yeah, I didn't realize it was coming back uh, that quickly either. Um, it just kind of like um, know, came back. Yeah. And I also laughed because uh, that Waco show came back on Showtime and Shea Wingham showed up in that. And I'm like, we're literally just going to be a Shea Wingham show. He's just showing up in everything. Listen, um, I am all for supporting Shea Wingham and letting him cook. Next hey. week, we're going to talk about the Boardwalk Empire show. Yes, we could do that one for a, a long time. I love that show. I love season three of Boardwalk Empire. Great, great season. Michael Shannon, you know how I feel about him. Oh, I always, for some reason, forget Michael Shannon's in that show. I know, and that's honestly usually never who I think of on the show ever. 
I usually actually think of like Michael Stahlberg more than I think of Michael Shannon on that show. I like Michael Stahlberg a lot on that show. Love, love Stolberg. I love uh, half. Um, face. Me and my wife used to call him Half Face, but it's uh, oh, um, um, Jack Houston. Yeah, I was gonna say part of the Houston. Yeah, yeah. We, that's I don't know why we call. He him. does this like weird thing with his voice too. Oh, he does. Like he does this weird cough before he talks. It's Paul Sparks is great and the knowing a shit in the in the show. There you go. Um, There's a Stephen Ram. We need a prequel spinoff. We need about with Jack Houston. Is that guy with the mat? That would be a good one. And then obviously Buscemi is the lead. Oh man, Boardwalk Empire was show was great. I liked it quite a lot. Um, anyway, that was our episode on Adam McKay and Cocaine Bear. Heck yeah! Um, follow us on Twitter at the Hookup on Film. Follow us on Letterbox. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, the Hookup on Film podcast. You can find me personally on Twitter at Millennial Socks. And by the way, if you are worried about coming on the show because I will yell at you, I promise I will not yell at you. You have. You got to be honest, though. I mean, before you go any further, sometimes all the guys do is look at your Twitters and all your Twitter things, and they look you look kind of angry sometimes, like you're going to hurt somebody. Well, I'm angry about the White Sox. (laughs) I know. I know. Hey. It could be about anything. My, you should see my wife. I could come in with a bad day at work, and I say, "Where's the pop?" And she starts saying, "I'm yelling at her." I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But no one's gonna yell at you. Who was it? Yell was it Mick? Who was who I yelled at, and then I apologized? No, it wasn't anybody. Actually, it was, it's actually a friend that I grew up with that I hadn't talked to in a long time. He listened to the show. He goes, "I love your show," but I'm afraid if I was ever to come on there, Adam's gonna yell at me, and I go, "He's not gonna yell at you." I'm going to yell at you. And that's what I said, actually. So my name no, is Tony. I think I'm I did yell at Nick. You've yelled at you. And I apologized. You yell at a lot of people. But it's okay. Yelling is okay. We get heated here at the Hookup on Film. That's what we do. We cook. All, All right, right my friend. No, I talked over your, your plug. Say your, say your Twitter right here. My name is Tony. I am the sugar baggie. Next week, we will be back. We got a lot of fun stuff. We got a lot of stuff in the in the can here so until next week take care my man peace out